Hey, welcome to Pod of Mercy. I am your host, Long Hair Linda, and today's special guest co-host is, or returning guest co-host, even. It's Nathan again. Hope you guys missed me. All right, so you know what we're here to do. We are going to be discussing um, some episodes from season four of Mr. Robot. So we're going to talk about five to eight, um, which is four episodes, and then we'll talk about the final five. Um, are you ready? Yes, get into this. I'm very excited to talk about these ones. Same. Let's do it then. All right. So uh, where we left off was uh, Tyrell's lovely uh, ending and um, rest in peace to him. And uh, we kick off at episode five opens with Elliot burning the van and all of the evidence as per Tyrell's wishes. At the same time, Darlene pulls up at the same petrol station that Elliot and Tyrell had been um, had been at on the way back to the city and uh, she sees smoke in the distance. She drives towards the smoke and stares at the burning van before Elliot gets in the car. So at that point is when I realised that Elliot had asked her to pick him up. Um, as they pull away, the camera, that obviously the, we're viewing the programme through, uh, pans up to a uh, street camera on top of some traffic lights. Um, opening credits. And then we are at Krista, the therapist's house, as she's texting with her boyfriend. And they've decided to blow off her family and have Christmas for two in New York City. We cut to Elliot and he's printing a fake ID badge for Darlene under the name Dolores Hayes. Um, when she leaves the room, he starts to kind of break down crying a little bit. And I thought it was really, really interesting that he was um, crying about Tyrell's death but not his mum's I mean I guess it could be like a compound kind of situation yeah, where everything is getting too much him piling up on top of him after a while but, I think yeah I think what's ha- I think part of it is that their their mother's death has kind of opened the floodgates a little bit yeah for sure for sure um well he does pull himself together very quickly though because uh, Darlene comes back into the room and uh, he kind of gets on to his research of this building um janice the absolute goat uh texts dom telling her to use her fbi credentials to go to the scene of the burnt van philip price is at a restaurant and gets a text from elliot saying tyrell won't be coming tonight then gets some coded message about a meeting tucked in his bill by the way this whole time i didn't realize that no one had spoken i did not so I got confused about this one because you remember when the episode that was all done as one take, I remember saying something about it being a silent episode. Mm-hmm. And I remembered it was this one after a bit. And like it's a, the whole thing starts as soon as Elliot gets into the car, gets picked up by Darlene. She literally says, it's OK, dude, we don't have to talk. From that moment, the episode's completely yes. silent. Yeah, yeah, she did say that because it was after the opening credits that nobody spoke, which mm. was weird. I didn't pick that up, though. I didn't realise. I just, I guess I was just really involved in the story and all mm. the texts and stuff because it keeps panning to the screens of the phones. And so I just, it didn't even occur to me for ages that no one had spoken yet. Um. Anyway, so they'd been scoping, they, Darlene and Elliot, had been scoping this building Um. For, for a business called virtual reality and so uh, with the with the new id badge that um that elliot printed darlene arrives at virtual reality in her dolores hayes wig and uh, corporate outfit and uh, she distracts one of the security guards so that elliot can sneak in jump the turnstiles and hack into the building's control room 
It was just in time for when the security guard is looking her up on the system to give her a new ID badge that allows her entry into the building. She swipes the, uh, she actually, sorry, she wipes down the, the screen of her phone and leaves it on the counter um, so that when she's walking away, the security guard can pick it up and give it back to her, meaning that she's now got his thumbprint on the screen. Elliot turns off the security cameras from the control room as Darlene pulls the clear like film cover thing that she had on her phone screen with the security guards print on and um, she meets up with Elliot in the lift. They go into what looks like some kind of lab situation, do some things that I don't quite understand uh, using the print that Darlene got. I think... So I think what Darlene does, I think she puts the fingerprint in dry ice to make it like come out more on there. Then they scan it into the computer to make a three D model of it. Yeah, I got the three D model bit. Yeah. They were I like, think she's it, using I didn't know what to do beforehand. Dry yeah, ice. I, that, I think what does it's that say? dry ice. So, well, I don't know if you've ever seen dry ice before. It's basically. I can't really describe it. It's what they use for like smoke effects a lot of the time. No, no, I know what it is. I just what is oh, the, yeah. what does it do to the um like where the print was? I don't really get that bit. I think it just makes it more visible on the screen protector. So where like the dirt is freezes, oh. and then when they scan it in, they can actually visibly see it because otherwise it's just a smudge, isn't it? It's like a scanner's not going to pick that up. Right. Okay. All right. Well, that makes sense now. Thank you. Um. So I think uh, anyway. We'll go with that. That sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they upload it now onto uh, the computer that Elliot's working on and 3D print it while the security guard is in the control room trying to cancel the firmware update that Elliot masked his hack with. So this has given them time to do what it is that they need to do. Cut away to Philip Price, who walks up to a busker playing the trumpet near the E-Court building and gets handed a dry cleaner bill. Uh, this is all part of the secret meeting instructions that he was given at the restaurant. Back at virtual reality, Elliot moulds some like Play-Doh stuff uh, and imprints the thumbprint onto it. At the scene of the burnt van, Dom just has a look around and leaves. Um, before she goes, a phone goes off with Megan Trainer all about the base. <laughs> and it's one of the officer's, uh, officer's phone that's at the scene of the crime. Anyway, so Dom drives back towards the city. She's stuck at a red light for ages and impatiently just drives through it. But then she stops, gets out and looks up at the traffic cams on top of the lights. And that's when you realise they're the same ones that would have picked up Elliot and Darlene driving away. Um, Elliot and Darlene head to separate offices and print what looks like more ID badges. I was a bit confused by that. And it was at that moment that I realised, holy shit, no one's spoken. <laughs> so fair way into the episode that I picked up that no one's spoken yet. Just how well it's done, though, throughout the whole thing. that you, they, they find a reason you don't need any dialogue. Yeah, we really didn't need it like at all. Everything was just seamless, it seemed. Mm. Like, it was really good. I, I really enjoyed this episode. It might be one of my favourites, actually. Um, so at the local uh, police station, or I might have been even looked like some kind of county sheriff situation because it's outside the city. So God knows what's going on over there. But anyway, uh, near the site of the burnt van, one of the officers phone that same lady, her phone is ringing, but it's not near her. So she ends up having to go into the kitchen at the precinct and uh, her phone is ringing from a looks like an old cake box in the kitchen. Anyway, she picks up her phone. Um, it stops ringing. 
she's all confused and whatever but she walks back into the room as she's walking in dom's putting on her coat and leaving and walks past her it turns out that dom has installed some kind of hack on the officer's desktop um, and she messages janice to let her know um, and tell her that uh, she all she needs to do is await incoming traffic cam reports dom then gets an alert about the release of a deegan maguire now obviously i know what happens later did we know him before or do so, i just recognize him from other programs because he's so a- he was being interrogated in a previous episode by dom i think it's who she was interrogating when she got told that the bloke that she had the interview with regarding santiago missing was uh, died um he's an irish guy basically during the conversation and this will be relevant now for what you know mm-hmm. um they mention how he's been trafficking people but not like sex trafficking or anything he's been giving people new identities getting them out of the country and you kind of see dom notice this a bit like like there's a little moment where dom's like oh and seems to get an idea but i think it was episode two that happened this season or last season this season literally episode two she was in they were interviewing him uh just before she was told about uh that dude that dude being the person who jumps off the roof got you okay cool oh yes yes yeah. I Ta- all the tattoos that. on his face that's clicked. Yeah. yeah that's absolutely yeah. clicked in my head as you said that, as i remember yeah because she literally like has this moment where she's kind of like she's when they mentioned about him trafficking giving people new identities she had this kind of like head turn you, you see like a little light bulb yes kind of thing but like obviously because i've I'm a bit more. You knew obviously the head a bit, yeah. Part of me, yeah, like, absolutely. Oh, I see what she's thinking. Yeah, because I think yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize the significance of that. But now that you've said mm. what scene it was, especially because it was right before she found out about the uh, agent, yeah. whatever, jumping. Um, yeah, that makes total sense. Okay, cool. All right, so it's tied in nicely. I just missed it. Right. So we then cut to Krista, who is doing a grocery shop, and someone walks past her and looks her up and down. I was very excited to see that it was played by Young M.A. I fucking oh, love her. She's great. Um, and then uh, Young M.A.'s character, which we find out later is called Peanuts, um, is watching her from outside the window as well. We cut away to Darlene and Elliot, who are still completing their various hacks as the security guard gives up and is about to head back down to the lobby. So remember, he was in the control room, which I think was on the fifth floor if i'm not mistaken it's on the fifth floor i didn't take much notice of what floor everything was was on because when it's a server room i thought that, that was on a much lower floor but it looks like he went like i think he went to the eighth floor for the server room Ah, uh, okay because they were on no when they were doing all the like the when it climaxed it was on they were on the ninth floor Okay, but, but I think I think the, I have a feeling that the control room was on the fifth. There's something that's telling me the fifth. I could be wrong, but anyway. Um, so as the security guard is getting back into the lift, once he's just basically decided this update's going to do what it's going to do, we'll fix it in a bit. He notices something strange. It looks like a part of the like security keypad bit on the um, on, on the bottom of the lift next to where the numbers are. Um, it looks a bit tampered with. So he heads up to the secure floor, which I've written down is the ninth, so it was the ninth floor, where um, Elliot and Darlene currently are carrying out whatever hack they're doing. And the security gets kind of like a weird feeling while he's up there and he checks the credentials entries on his phone. 
He sees that his credentials have been used to enter the secure area and texts his colleague to call the police while he's having a look around. Elliot and Darlene hear him coming and stop dead in their tracks. As he walks away, uh, Darlene gets on with the hack that she was carrying out, something to do with Cyprus National Bank popped up. Um, but they're running out of time. So Elliot hacks the lighting system as the cameras are about to come back on, giving Darlene a little bit more time. So currently there's one security guard walking around the ninth floor with a flashlight looking for whatever's going on because he's get he's got his spidey senses to tell him something's very wrong here. You've got the other security guard who has called the police, but he's in the lobby. Um, Anyway, so they're just about to finish with whatever the hack is, just as the security guard was about to find them and lock him onto the ninth floor as they now make their getaway. So when you go into the ninth floor, there's like these doors or whatever. So they managed to like tie them together, locking him in. And he so far, I think, has only seen Elliot. He hasn't hmm. seen um, Darlene, who he'd seen before uh, as Dolores yeah. Hayes. Well, he's not seen the under. Yeah, he's not seen the undisguised. Darlene. Well, I don't think he's seen Darlene at all. I don't think he's seen Dolores again. I think he just saw Elliot because he made eye mm. contact with him. Um, but anyway, either way, it doesn't really matter. But um, so, yeah, so they're now running away. And to um, help Darlene, Elliot give, leaves her with his bag and sends the police who have now arrived on a chase after him. So Darlene runs into some office where it looks like there's some remnants of an office Christmas party and some workout clothes. So she takes off her wig. Uh, we then cut away and uh, we're outside now where Elliot is in this very beautifully shot chase scene with the police. Um, Darlene is now dressed in workout attire. Her hair's in a pony. She looks like she's just come out of the office gym. And thankfully, the main security guard who probably would have recognised the face even without the wig, um, is still talking to police and the other one doesn't seem to recognize her because he hasn't seen her anyway so it's fine um so back outside uh, we're kind of cutting in between these two shots so if, if i'm explaining it weird my apologies i hope you've seen the episode um so back outside elliot has tripped and fallen so many times in this scene he's now quite hurt and uh, luckily he manages to get on a bus before the two officers that are chasing him can catch up to him Back to Darlene, who has now made it out of virtual reality and gets a message with coordinates to meet Elliot. Now, did she get the message or did she send the message to Elliot? Um, I don't know if it's a message. Is it a message? There's coordinates. I know they've got the app. They could view each other's coordinates without actually messaging each other because she's done it before. But yeah, because he, he goes to meet her, doesn't he? I would oh, that makes sense message. about the thing that's coming up. Like, okay, all right. That yeah. makes a lot of sense. Right. It's, <laughs> okay, it's, like, it's like the Find My the Find My Friends app, I guess. On like, like a an Find iPhone. My iPhone type situation. Okay, yeah. cool, got it. All right, so he she knows the location. Wait, but that doesn't make sense. Anyway, we'll get there. So she knows his location and she's going towards it. Um... On the bus, the police are now in, in, in a car and rolling up to stop the bus. So Elliot somehow manages to escape off the bus as it's kind of still moving, but it's about to come to a stop because the police have parked in front of it. And he is back running before he gets hit by a car. <laughs> he looks dead for a second, uh, but he gets up and uh, is still trying to run with a very, very injured looking leg. I'm surprised it's not broken, to be honest. 
And uh, he can't get away now, though. So he jumps off the side of a bridge in a rather dramatic fashion. Um, You can kind of see, though, like as the police officers kind of look over the bridge, it's not like a real bridge where he'd like end up in water or in traffic or something. He kind of rolled down some dirt off the side and uh, right into where Darlene was parked, waiting. Gets in the car, breathing super heavy as they drive off, and then he very cutely puts his hand on Darlene's hand as she is uh, she has it on the gear stick. So, h- how did she know to meet him there? Would she have just? I think she was. She was just tracking his location because I think he's kind of driving where she could. I feel like he looked at his phone briefly before he jumped the railing. Okay. I feel like anyway, I kind of, it's one of those ones that went out, one of those details that I didn't think to note down, but he, he not, he not looks at something before he jumps. Okay. So I think he knew she was going to be there, but that app, they can basically remotely trace each other, but they don't get a notification to say that they're being traced or anything. Got you. Alrighty. So we cut to Philip Price, who is now at home, and he picks a note off the suit that he uh, must have picked up with the dry cleaners ticket that he got from the bus go earlier. Uh, he texts someone saying that he has the meeting location and that it'll be going ahead with or without Tyrell Wellick. Um, this is the point where I actually realised that this was all for the Deus Group meeting. I had no mm. idea what was going on with Philip. <laughs> I just I had no clue. So, um, yeah. Christmas celebrations are underway at Dom's mum's house and she gets a picture of Elliot and Darlene from Janice with instructions to find him. This picture is taken from the street cams that we mentioned earlier. Krista gets home with the uh, groceries that she picked up and she's about to put the key in the door. She's walked up those. I love, by the way, side note, the houses, like the brownstones and all those in Mm. New York where they have those steps up. Oh my God, I love that design for like apartments and stuff. Just cute as hell. But anyway, she's trying to put uh, her key in the door. She turns around and gets frightened by something. We don't see what it is at first. She drops her shopping as she's trying to rush and get in. And uh, one of uh, Ben and Jerry's um, pint container thing rolls down the steps. And young M.A. Peanuts uh, picks up her Ben and Jerry's and hands it back to her. It's time we talk. And Fernando Vera appears saying the only spoken word since the credits began and he says it's time we talk. And that is the end of the episode. Nathan, thoughts? So, like you said, with the not noticing the people weren't talking thing, like it's such a really kind of well done thing to do. It's, it's I like that the show's not afraid to experiment. Sometimes it doesn't do it super often, but like something like that, it, it, they managed to make it work extremely well by upping the intensity, making it a, a, like a very plot driven episode whilst not having any spoken word in it. Like it's really moved things along quite fast, similar to what the um, the the single take episode last season did, where it moved this plot of plot forward so fast to kind of get us ahead to where we needed to be. So like it's kind of there's it's like basically it's like doing the busy work in like in prep in preparing for something. They made it really really exciting. 
like just amazingly intense episode. And I, I, I didn't even notice the thing with Vera you just said there where he said it's time to talk. So that being when the dialogue comes back as well. Quite a nice detail. Yeah, beautiful bit of writing there. Mm. Well, um, it better be beautiful if you only got two sentences. Enough. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I mean, it's an episode that also made me realise how important New York is, like the character of like the show as well. Because mm-hmm. you very much... If you were in New York, you I think like you'd appreciate the episode a bit more. If that makes sense. Like it's it's very much it, I can't think of the best way of describing it, but like New York seems to have an important part of the story as well. Like even though not expressly said, but as a setting, they took full advantage of like the city. It does feel like its own character, doesn't it? Because mm. Some of the shots that we get, and not just this episode, but some of the shots that we get in general with this show are just stunning and can yeah. only be done in New York. I think what did make me laugh was when he's running through that uh, ice rink at one point. Mm-hmm. Now, I, but I know that's Central Park. Um, mm-hmm. I only remember that ice rink because that's obviously a real, real thing they put up in New York. From Have you ever seen the Bradley Cooper film Limitless? Yes. Because that scene always sticks out to me in that film because that's where he's being chased by someone mm-hmm. trying to decide what weapon to pick up and decides to swing a little girl wearing ice skates at the guy <laughs> chasing him. And that's always stuck in my mind. That's all I could think about when he was on that ice rink. Is that what popped into your mind? <laughs> yeah, it's just like, oh, Bradley Cooper's been here, isn't he? <laughs> but yeah, what, what do you think about him? I loved this episode, mm. man. I I think this is going to go down as one of my favourites of the whole show, not just the season. Um, like you say, it was it was beautifully shot. Like it was just, it was just a good good watch. It was mm. a great watch. Um, and even as as I was making notes, because obviously this is this is a show that I make notes when I'm watching each episode. I can't, you know, I can't be on my phone. I can't do anything. Well, I am on my phone, but I can't like be scrolling through things and be doing other stuff in the house. Like I have to pay attention when I watch this show. So writing the notes for it was kind of fun too, because mm. I didn't have to worry about what people were saying to each other. Mm. I could really just write about what I was watching. Um, it didn't help with trying to get as like not to be writing literally everything scene by scene. It didn't help yeah. with that. I had yeah. to write what was happening because there was no talking, but it was, it was really actually quite nice to not be like he said, and she said, and then he told her, and then I didn't have to do any of that, which was actually really nice. So from that point of view, it was fun as well. Um, But yeah, no, the whole, the whole episode was, was a good watch for me. I really enjoyed mm. it. I loved how they moved things on. The pacing was perfect for me. Um, this was all supposed to be taking place over only a couple of hours in a day. And yeah. I think that it did that really, really beautifully for me. So, yeah, I liked it. I really enjoyed it. Oh, yeah, it was, fan- it was an absolutely fantastic episode. The one thing that I find insane is, though, like, you know that Elliot does not do a lot of cardio, but he fucking full ped- pelt went for it. But in terms of getting from one end of the York to the other, like, I was impressed by that. I'm pretty sure he ran the five boroughs. Like, yeah, that was a long old chase scene, and it, but it was it was executed really well, and it was, mm. it was kind of believable, bearing in mind that he doesn't do much cardio mm. from what we see. So, yeah, yeah. I, I like a chase scene in something that uses its environment quite well. It's like it reminds me a bit of like 
I suppose weird example is like Jackie Chan uses his environment quite well for a lot of scenes that like, oh, yeah. scenes mm-hmm. he does or um, Baby Driver, the big chase scene near the end of Baby Driver. It reminds me oh, of One of my favourite films ever, by the way. Mm. I, I adore Baby oh, Driver. Baby I've Driver seen it a couple so times now. I honestly mm. love that film. I actually mm. might watch it tonight because I've got some packing to do. Mm. <laughs> so is I'm that... going to put Baby Driver on. Because <laughs> yeah. that's similar with like Atlanta to what this does, where like the city becomes like very subtly becomes its own character in the mm. film. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Baby Driver is incredible. I don't go to the cinema to see films twice very often. Uh, Baby Driver, Scott Pilgrim and Mad Max are probably the only times I've been more than once to see a film in the cinema. Oh, nice. I didn't see Baby Driver twice in the cinema. I saw it once, but I watched it since. Um, What have I been to see more than once in the cinema? Oh, um, Black Panther. Mm. What else have I... There's other things I've seen, but again, it's very rare. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, the only one that comes to my mind is Black Panther, but there's a couple films that I've, I've paid specifically to see again in the cinema um but anyway digress should we move on to episode six yes all right so episode six opens with fernando vera um telling some weird story about a bully and a baseball bat and all of this stuff and it turns out that he's telling the story to a tied up krista as he and his people help themselves to the groceries that she picked up for christmas with her boo he ends this story with saying that he's going to break Elliot and is going to use Krista to help. Now, uh, Nathan, you will notice that I've left out a lot of the detail from the story because I did not want to be here writing all day. <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was general, I'm hoping, yeah, I'm hoping it's... the people that listen to this have actually watched Mr. Robot. Mm. And if they're only listening because they like to hear us talk about it, then it's just something you guys are going to have to get over. I wasn't writing all that dialogue. Yeah. If you need it, go watch it. <laughs> so. It's... On its own, it's a fantastic scene anyway, even if you I mean, watch yeah. it on YouTube. It's, it's a, like, I don't know the name of Vera's actor, but he is fantastic. Very good. Playing a character that could just kind of, I think in the first season he was not, un, like, maybe a little underused in the first season, but he's back in, like, an absolute force in, in what he's in in this season. Yeah. No, he's, uh, he's great. I really enjoyed him this season. I thought bringing him back would be a bit odd because he didn't like he didn't really seem like a super villain like most of the other people you end up like they end up dealing with are. But mm-hmm. he's he's absolute tour de force on this. Absolutely. I like that. Well, I'll say that I've got this in my notes for like the next episode. But I say I like that he's very much got that similar obsession that people seem to get with Elliot. With like his, everyone uh, is obsessed with Elliot. Yeah, like it's, it's it reminds me a bit of um, Tyrell's obsession. Yes, absolutely, is a hundred percent Tyrell's like Tyrell esque for sure. Mm. Like he's an accidental like cult leader at points, you know. Mm. It's it's odd, yeah, yeah. It, that that seems just yeah. People need Great to watch scene. it. Highly recommend you guys find it on Amazon Prime or wherever it is you can find it. I'm sure you'll find it. So. Uh, Elliot and Darlene are on the phone with each other as Darlene finds and packs Angela's ballet shoes. Um, As they get off the phone with each other, Darlene's met with a gun pointed at her by Dom and Elliot meets with Leon in the cafe that he is in. His name is Leon, right? Because I I wanted to write Joey Badass and I was like, no, he definitely has a name. Yeah, no, it's Leon. Okay. So I literally did that from memory because I wasn't about to Google it either. (laughs) So um, it turns out that Leon is now freelance and is only loyal to whoever is paying, not just the Dark Army. 
Mr. Robot tries to stop Elliot from crossing a line after the meeting was done. Uh, Leon gave him something. I don't know what it is. Do you, do you know what it was? Oh, uh, he gave him the oxy. Oh, okay. Perfect. I, I wonder what the... I wonder what it was all about because the way it happened made it seem like they just bumped into each other. Yeah, I've, I've just clued onto that now. No, because I, I knew that they'd met for a reason because mm. at one point I think Leon says, oh, is that it kind of thing? I'm glad that we've yeah. seen it or whatever. But I feel like I, I knew it was on purpose. I just didn't know what you did. And I didn't even think it was important, but obviously it was. Um, so da, 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 where am i yes so mr robot's trying to stop elliot from crossing a line but we're not clued up as to what that line is back to angela's apartment and dom is questioning darlene about elliot's location and darlene realizes that the dark army already knows about the burnt van uh, dom calls janice to inform her that she has darlene but that she's refusing to give up her brother Back to Elliot, who has now gone to see Olivia and takes her a peppermint mocha. Uh, when she invites him in, Elliot tells Olivia that her client at Cyprus National Bank, the Deus Group, is a criminal enterprise that uses their power and wealth to run the world. He mentions things like cyber attacks and both of the Iraq wars, etc. Elliot asks a very freaked out Olivia at this point to make a phone call to her boss, which will help him with his hack and it will help him finish it. She tells him to get the fuck out. And as he's leaving, he's at the door and asks her what happens if she fails a drug test. He says that he knows about her custody arrangement and that she needs to stay clean. Otherwise, she loses her son. She says, well, she's been eight years clean. And he says, no, you're not. And Olivia realizes that he drugged her peppermint mocha. I couldn't even say mocha like in my jokey way. Like I just need to stop here because mm. I actually genuinely cannot believe that Elliot did that. It's I, I like that they don't try to justify it either. Like even because we still got Mister Robot narrating, and even he's saying he he can't believe the line like the line that he's crossed. Like. That he's cr- like it is I, honestly have like i would never have guessed that elliot would mm. do like if you can like you know when you sit there and you see like characters unfold you can kind of figure out that maybe they would do something like this like, this would have never been anywhere like in my like remit of, of thought of of what elliot would be capable of doing to get to his end goal shocked the absolute shit out of me when they panned to that drink i was just anyway um So Elliot says that if she doesn't do what he says, she will lose her son. And Olivia tearfully asks why he's doing this. And he replies that he's running out of time. And this was the fastest way to convince her, which again, blew my mind. Mm. So we are now with Zhang and uh, Wong Chi updates Zhang on the situation with Darlene and Elliot. She thinks that they should kill them. And Zhang says that if Elliot dies, his shipping hack dies with him. He wants Elliot brought in to see his vision and realize that they're on the same side. Janice calls Dom and tells her to kill Darlene. Good news and bad news. The higher ups want Elliot, not his sister. I don't suppose she's mentioned where he is yet. She wouldn't do that. I heard her talking to him earlier, though. He'll get his location off his phone. Oh, interesting. And you have her phone, I assume. Yeah, I got it right here, so we don't need her. Fantastic. Well, then I'll be there with my team to collect the phone. And her? Kill her. 
What? You said it yourself. We don't need her. Clean her this way. You can handle that, right? Mm-hmm. Because I recall the last time you didn't feel 100 no. I'm fine. I just said, if you don't feel 100% like last time, you should let me know right now so I can set aside the time to kill your mother and your entire family. No. I can handle it. Great. I'll be there at 3.30 on the dot. Make sure it's done by then. With uh, such a nonchalant threat to kill her mother and entire family, Dom is of course about to kill Darlene until Darlene mentions that they have a plan that will take down the Dark Army tonight while begging for her life, at which point Dom knocks her clean out. Uh, We cut to Olivia making the call and uh, she's obviously very upset with Elliot for drugging her. Elliot explains what he's doing has to be done to stop the Deus group from hurting everyone. Olivia asks him how many people he's hurt for him to get what he wants. How many people have had to suffer because of him and was it worth it? Olivia points to the uh, empty box of tissues and says that she needs to get herself cleaned up. Can she use the bathroom? And asks whether fucking her was part of the plan or a happy accident before she leaves the room. Elliot says it was an accident to which Olivia responds, that's sweet. Mr. Robot talks to us about the sense of dread that Elliot has and that it's a sign of crossing a line you didn't know you had as a loud thump comes from the bathroom. Elliot rushes in to find Olivia on the floor bleeding from her wrists. We cut to Vera who is convinced that Krista and Elliot had a special relationship and that she's lying about how much she knows about him. Krista uses some therapy words to basically tell him that she's not scared of him and Vera asks whether she's calling him a little bitch. Just as he's doing that, uh, there's a knock on the door and it's her boyfriend Jason who has arrived for their little Christmas for two. Back at Olivia's, Elliot was able to stop the bleeding and wraps Olivia's wrists. He tells her he's sorry. She says uh, she doesn't believe him. And she asked whether the Deus group was behaving was behind the massacre in El Salado. He says yes. She says her mum died there and it says he knows and he can stop them. She had three missed calls on her phone from her boss and makes another call to help Elliot complete his hack. When she gets off the phone, Elliot says he'll get rid of any trace of her involvement in this. And Olivia says that she may work for monsters, but he is one too and the worst kind because he doesn't even know it. Can I just say that was crazy powerful, that scene. She's on the floor with like these Mm. bandages on her wrist, blood everywhere, like colour drained from her face. And just saying that he's he's the worst kind of monster because he doesn't even know he is one was... Mm. It's because I think as well, like we don't, you don't take into account enough like that, I, well, I mean, I, I definitely don't take into account enough that, like, whenever we see Mr. Robot doing a shitty thing, like, in the in the early season... It's him. The, yeah, that's Elliot. Like, um, yeah. when Mr. Robot threatens Romero with a gun, that's Elliot. When when Mr. Robot's doing anything, that's Elliot. You know, he, he uses Mr. Robot to hide, like, to, well, he used to use Mr. Robot to hide behind these things, but there's been this shift in them now where he's basically become what Mr. Robot was for him. 
Right. And it was what we were talking about at the last episode that we did this, mm. because it's like that switch that Elliot went from, I don't want to hurt anyone. I don't want to hurt anyone. I don't want to hurt anyone to Mr. Robot being like, yo, chill. <laughs> like He's yeah. the one that's having to pacify people when Elliot is too sharp with them. And he's the one trying to stop Elliot from doing things like drugging Olivia. Like, mm. It's it's very weird shift, and because I think the fact that there are two different actors on the screen, it does make you forget that it's Elliot doing all of this stuff. Because you see yeah. Mr. Robot doing all these crazy shit in previous seasons, so you do you do have that like I guess cognitive dissonance where you kind of separate the two, right? Which is mm. what Elliot has been experiencing, so we experience it too. Which is um, again just a mark of a great show. But then at the same time as well, like for most of the early season, we've basically been like a figment of Elliot's imagination we're we're in there with him mm-hmm. how much of what we see Mr Robot doing does he just say is Mr Robot that he just that in his head he makes us think oh this part of me's doing it not and now we're seeing the true side of Elliot yeah because he's not the one talking to us mm. so and we know that he's not a reliable narrator mm. so so we're seeing yeah. the truth through Mr. Like through Mr. Robot's eyes of things. Like we're seeing what's actually happening. Right. Possibly. I. 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 I but again, that, that yeah, we don't know because we still. Yeah. It seems to be to me. Anyway, things from but... Mr. Robot's point of view now, aren't we? So yeah, mm. it's all. It's all interesting and weird, and God knows what we're seeing and what to believe. So back at Christa's, Jason gives up and leaves, and uh, he thinks basically that he's been stood up. Vera says that he doesn't take offence at Krista calling him a little bitch and finishes his bully story to analogise how he needs to break and rebuild Elliot so that he can truly own him. And uh, he mentions that he thinks they're spiritually connected. Vera says Krista knows what he wants and that she has to give it to him. If she does, he'll let her go. Um, and he tells her to trust him. So she nods as he pulls down the gag that was over her mouth. And she tells him to get a folder in the bottom drawer in her office, find the September 2015 tab and look for Elliot's name. He asks what he'll find in there. And she says, Mr. Robot. He says, what's that? And she says, that's how Vera can break him. Back at Angela's, Darlene comes, uh, comes to and uh, she's got a whole load of blood coming from her head. It was actually a worrying amount of blood. I'm surprised Darlene didn't die um, from that. So um, yeah, Dom begs Darlene to unlock her phone to help them get Elliot's location. Darlene says the night they spent together was the last time she remembers actually feeling good. Um, Dom says that she was just using her and Darlene says she knows that it was more than that. Darlene says whatever she has to do, she gets it, but at least believe that. Dom is out of time. Janice will be there in three minutes and Darlene is supposed to be dead when she arrives. Dom tries to get Darlene to kill her to save her own family, then make a run for it. Darlene can't do it. Dom is begging her to pull the trigger, begging and begging, screaming, just pull the trigger as Janice walks in. Janice tells Dom not to worry, she won't kill her, as she's too useful to them, but that this will be very painful for her. Before Janice can kill Darlene, Darlene mentions that she's wiped her phone. Clever girl, wiping mm. her phone that quick. Because, um, yeah, what would be the reason for her to be alive once they have what they need? So, yeah, very clever. 
Um, Elliot gets a call from Krista who says Fernando Vera kidnapped her, gave, uh, she gave him what he needed, he let her go and she went to the police. She's too scared to go home, she doesn't know what to do. Uh, so Elliot tells her to meet him at some like public location, I think it was like Washington Square something or other. Um, on the way there, Vera's guys grab Elliot and put him in the trunk of a car before driving off and that is how episode 6 ends. So Nathan, thoughts? Okay, it's it's a tough like it's I find this season go like goes to some very dark places, like incredibly dark places. Like as Elliot, like Elliot's kind of on some sort of rapid downhill struggle right now. Just who he is, he's like especially with like what he's done to Olivia in this it's very it's it's an amazing show but like it's so hard to see Elliot's almost fall from grace I would say um and it's just setting up everything beautifully towards the end of the season yeah no just another like knockout episode key it just it's it's just gets better and better honestly yeah um it did go very dark and uh, I was wondering, well, how much darker could it really get? And then episode seven happened. So uh, should we just get into it? Yes, because I have a few notes afterwards about certain things in this as well for foreshadowing. Because I okay. love foreshadowing. I love foreshadowing. It's great. Love it here. Um, so I'm going to start off before I get into episode seven with a trigger warning. If you're listening to this, um there is discussion that might make quite a lot of people uncomfortable so um yeah trigger warning molestation not to spoil but i feel like we just need to say that because mm. yeah this isn't this isn't it you might want to skip to uh, episode eight because if this is going to be a challenging topic for you so uh, episode seven opens with Elliot in the trunk with people talking in the car before being pulled out when they reached their location and then act one appears on the screen. So we cut to Vera taking a hit off a crack pipe and getting emotional about seeing Elliot who's now tied up in Krista's home in the place where Krista had been tied up previously. Vera is positively gushing at uh, Elliot and Krista is nowhere to be seen right now. Uh, Mr. Robot is trying to plan an escape, but Elliot's focused on finding Krista. Vera asks if he's going to say something. And Elliot says he wants to know why he picked today to pick him up when he'd been looking for him a couple months ago. Vera said he was getting ready for him as he's formidable. Elliot wants to know why he's here. And Vera takes another hit of his crack pipe and says that he had to go to the Dominican Republic when they parted ways after the prison break. And that the people there didn't believe in him, but that he was running things, etc. Um, so Vera just rambles on. And again, I'm not going to write down all the dialogue when Vera's speaking because it's too much. It's just too much. The funny part about you saying that is, right, I didn't write it down either. And I put I put up to him talking about me in a shame and that I couldn't follow. And I went, Linda will probably have better notes on this. <laughs> 
I've tried to like because he talks a lot this episode. Mm. So I've tried to just pick out the important parts and like them down, but I probably it's, miss some things because it's too much. He just rambles, man. It's all very much framed like like a play almost. It's, it's very much a play this episode. It's very wordy this episode. Like if yes. it's, it was such a tough one to write notes for because there was so much happening soon. I also love that. Um, like Vera is such a weird dude with like how he how he expresses himself Mm -hmm. I think I wrote a note somewhere saying he reminds me a bit of like kind of like a pseudo intellectual like he he thinks he's saying some very smart things but him just using the word verklempt and I had to quickly google it and just like how does he know that word (laughs) he's likely like most people that use unnecessarily big words Mm. heard it somewhere and thought adding that (laughs) my yeah. vocabulary gonna use it where it's completely not necessary but i digress so um yeah he's rambling he's going on and on and um i've lost where i was yes so he's going on and on and uh, as he's talking the camera pans over to the next room in a really beautiful way similar to something i think we saw in season three hmm. where it looks like there are no ceilings yeah um, which is just dope but, um, They've been doing that a lot. They did it um, in one of the scenes. I think it was mainly to show that Mr. Robot wasn't in the room when Elliot's having an argument with Darlene. And like oh, they okay. do, they have like in the close-up shots, you can see Mr. Robot in the background. When they did the overhead one, it's just him and Darlene in there. Like they they they, they did it in a previous episode as well. I, I love when they do that. Yeah, me too. I like when they go to from different rooms. It looks cool. Um, so yeah, so we see that Krista is tied up in the next room and is uh, there crying, but she's in there on her own. So uh, Vera says that on the 87th day of him being, this is where I wrote down what I thought was important. <laughs> um, well, on the 87th day of him being in the Dominican Republic, he owned an island. And on the 88th day, he was bored and felt empty. So he took some drug from a shaman that made him puke and shitloads. And the shaman told him that it was time for him to go home. Vera realized that home isn't where, isn't always where you're from. He was born Dominican, but New York is his home. Uh, the shaman told him, or the shaman, it's a shaman, right? Shaman? Shaman. Shaman, I think. We'll go with I, I, think it, I think he said shaman anyway. Let's go with shaman. Uh, the shaman told him that he had to reopen the path that was once closed for him in New York and reconcile with the person that closed it. Vera realised that he owned the wrong island and wants to partner up with Elliot to own New York. Elliot wants to know where Krista is and Vera is holding a knife that he thinks, or he says he thinks, that his brother Isaac used to kill Shayla. Vera threatens to use it on Krista and Elliot says that he can't believe after all this time that Vera is still so stupid and he wants to see Krista. After a bit of a song and dance, Vera lets Elliot see Krista in the next room. I believe Act 2 started here, but I was so busy writing notes that I missed when Act 2 came up on the screen. I believe it was here because it cuts to them in the next room and Vera is telling Elliot that he needs an introduction with Mr. Robot. Um, After a super gross display of, well, let's call it what it is, sexual assault as a fear tactic on uh, Krista, Mr. Robot appears. Mr. Robot is giving a very uh, bossy, let's say, (laughs) even with a gun pointed at his face or pissing off peanuts. 
by the way, I still absolutely love Young and May. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm obsessed with her. I think she's great. Uh, so yeah, Vera asks why Mr. Robot is there and how he started. And Mr. Robot says that he's here to protect Elliot and that Elliot needed him. Vera wants to know what happened for Elliot to need Mr. Robot in the first place. Uh, Vera wants details, but Mr. Robot just wants to know what help he needs to own the island. So um, he sits down and he gets quite cocky and he's like, Vera needs to be the one to convince him to help him. Um, he says that you must know about Five Nine if you know about me. Um, so you know what what I'm able to do is basically what Mr. Robot is saying. So Vera then kind of reveals what his plan is for New York. He wants everyone pushing his product. So not just drug dealers on the street, but he wants every business, every store, the police, sex workers, even a rapist in jail to um, basically be pushing his product. And he wants to own this island, i.e. New York City. Um, Mr. Robot asks if, you know, he wants to get into real estate. Is that, you know, the groundbreaking epiphany that he's had? Because, you know, if it's if it's drugs, Pfizer and Eli are a few billion ahead of him and can buy his debt for nothing. If it stores the debt everyone is in, they'll just give him the buildings, but he'll be owned by the banks. Trains in the New York uh, Police Department are even more corrupt. The whole island of New York is a credit card debt. Vera says he wants power and wants to know how much. How much it would cost to get that. And Mr. Robot suggests that a plan to rob wealth itself is the only way to go. And the first step of the plan is letting Krista go. Vera reminds him that she's the only reason she's the only thing that he has over him. So why would he let her go? He says even Krista's notes say that she can't trust him. So if she can't, why should he? Elliot comes back and says he'll show him the plan and he doesn't care about the money. He just wants to take it from them, i.e. the Deus group. Elliot says that he's got the details of the money and he's about to, um, oh, sorry, he's got the details of the money that he's about to rob from the Deus group on his laptop and he can show him. Vera says Elliot doesn't need Mr. Robot. He's the bark, whereas Mr. Robot doesn't pack the bite that's within Elliot. Vera says he's more scared of him than Mr. Robot. Before we talk about Act 3, can we just talk about that scene? Because I thought that was so mm. interesting. Um, I love that Vera, because we were saying he's a bit of like of a pseudo intellect. Yeah. He picked up straight away that, that it's Elliot that's the problem. Mm. Like that Mr. Robot is really the bark and he's right to be more scared of Elliot than Mr. Robot. I think he's because he's someone that they've never really come up with. Well, I mean, they come up against him before, but they've never really come up with someone like him. They're used to being against like the suit, you know, the people that aren't used to the rough kind of do it, do it yourself kind of thing. Like they're used to people like, well, I guess, I guess like Tyrell, like Price, you know, not people who themselves like handle dirty work themselves like Vera does. So Vera being threatened by someone who, who can kind of like make some smart ass comics like Mr. Robot does. I, he doesn't find that intimidating because he like Mr. Robot's meant to be in a way meant to be the muscle of Elliot. Whereas he knows that Elliot is the intellectual and that's what he finds scarier. Like he doesn't find a tough person scary. 
he finds the smart person scary. I feel like if you smoke crack as well, you're not going to be scared of any muscle. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're going to be you know you're practically <laughs> invincible, especially like <laughs> uh, the, the man is just I, like Mr. Robert describes everything he says as like word vomit at one point. And I like I think I put note that like, that's the perfect description of Vera. Like he's just like he is very much just talking and talking and talking for the sake of talking, but he engrosses you at the same time. Yeah, he very much loves the sound of his own voice, but there is method to some of that madness. Some yeah. of it. Some of the madness is crack. Some of the madness is absolutely oh, yeah. crack. I think but... most of the madness is crack. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, so we're in Act 3 now. Um, in Act 3, Vera sees all the zeros on the account uh, on um, Elliot's laptop and gets very excited. Yeah, so Vera sees all the zeros on the account and he's all excited telling his people to have a look um, as Elliot is about to reach for a hidden gun. He reaches it, pulls it on Vera, who says he doesn't have it in him. Elliot pulls the trigger, but there's no bullets in the gun. Uh, Harvey, one of Vera's uh, people, had already found the gun in uh, Elliot's bag. And Vera is proud of him, though, because old Elliot would have never pulled the trigger. Vera puts a gun to Krista's head and Elliot is desperately trying to get him to, you know, not kill Krista and in the process reveals that he needs Krista and that she helps him. Vera says he gets it now. Krista is his shaman. And now we're in act four. Um, again, trigger warning, trigger warning, trigger warning. Um, Vera wants to show Elliot that they're destined to be partners and tells Krista to kick off a therapy session right now. Krista tries to explain that this only works in a controlled setting when they're alone. So Vera tells Peanuts and Harvey to take a walk and tells Krista that that's as alone as they're going to get. She's still kind of like, look, we can't do this. This, um, this isn't going to work, blah, blah, blah. Elliot's trying to calm her down and just getting her to start. So he tells her that his mum just passed away. Um, and so that kind of prompts Krista to then be like, well, how does that make you feel? And, you know, all that therapy shit. Just as they're getting into a bit of a swing of it, Vera gets impatient and reveals that Krista said to break him that Vera would need to get to the root of Mr. Robot. Elliot wonders why Krista and Mr. Robot don't want Vera to read her notes back to Elliot. And um, Vera asks about the window event. Elliot wants to know what Krista is hiding and he pushes even though Mr. Robot is telling her not to. Uh, Krista says the day that his dad pushed him out of the window um, is important. Or he's, she, she's about to start the sentence basically. Mm. So she's like, the day that your dad pushed you out the window. He's like, well, no, I jumped. Darlene confirmed I jumped. She asks why he doesn't remember the details well himself. And she questions him just to kind of lead him to remember. Krista asks whether he only loses time and memories when Mr. Robot takes over. And Elliot says that Mr. Robot didn't even exist when he was a child. Mr. Robot isn't currently begging Krista to stop. Um, I don't know if this is happening in Elliot's head, the begging, I mean, or if if you were looking at Elliot from a different point or from I... one of the characters, you can see him mm. asking the same, asking the questions, wanting to know why as Elliot, and then all of a sudden being like, no, don't, as Mr. Robot. Do you know what I mean? I think it's internalised because okay. Elliot himself, wants to know what this is mr robot is that voice in his head telling him not to listen to it 
Um, especially but he's also begging early... Krista to stop yeah. as well. So I was wondering if he's doing it out loud or not. You know what I, I mean? I don't think he is because earlier on as well, you see a bit where Mr. Robot and Elliot are like planning an escape. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he's first when Elliot's first brought into the room and Elliot like Vera slams his hands on the table and tells Elliot to speak. Yeah. So that confirms that that conversation wasn't happening out loud. I think Mr. Robot, I think it's a more a plea to I think he's what he wants Elliot to be saying, but I don't think Elliot is actually begging it out, saying loud. It out loud. I don't yeah. think he's saying it out loud. Cool. Um so yeah, so Mr. Mr. Robot, whether internally or not, begs Krista to stop as Elliot is not supposed to know. Krista asks Elliot if he rem- if he believes Mr. Robot is there to protect him. Elliot says, well, yeah. Um, she asks if Mr. Robot took over to make Elliot jump out the window when his father came into the room. You know, why did he have such a strong reaction to his father coming into the room? Elliot can't remember. So Krista keeps pushing. Uh, he says, well, maybe maybe I was scared. Uh, she asks, well, what would you be scared of? And Mr. Robot says that Elliot won't recover from this. Vera asks if he was scared of his father, to which Elliot says no. And that, you know, his dad was his friend. Why would he be scared of him? Mr. Robot says Eli- says to Elliot um, that he can't protect him anymore and walks out of the room. So Mr. Robot's gone right now. Mm. The, the defence mechanism that he's, he's for himself is gone. Yeah, completely gone. Oh, I just said out the window. No pun intended. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so yeah, so now it's literally just Elliot, Krista and Vera. So Elliot asked Krista why he would be scared of his father. Krista asked if he remembers a time when his father hurt him. So after a very tense back and forth, it turns out that the truth is that Elliot hid Darlene in the closet to keep her safe because they were playing together when the dad came home and that he was swinging the bat at his father when he came into the room and escaped the only way he knew how out of the window and it's because that uh, Elliot's father sexually molested him so act five uh, Elliot is breaking down Vera says he knows this pain and that he doesn't need to be scared anymore he tries to put his hand on him but Elliot jumps up and says you know don't touch me uh, walks into the next room Elliot says that he doesn't want to live with this. He can't do this. Vera says purging all this poison will help him be his true self and tells him to let it out as Elliot screams into a window, which happens to be in sync with the thunder and lightning that's happening outside. Uh, Vera says he doesn't have to carry this alone, that he did this for him and not to him. And now that he knows the truth, he can use it. He knows because he's done it. So Vera tells Elliot about a time when his mum used to pass him around to her friends uh, when she went to get high. Um, Just a fucking harrowing story. Uh, Vera says that people go through this, um, people that go through this, sorry, and survive can't be beat. Once you weather a storm like this, you become the storm and the rest of the world needs to run for cover. Elliot says, Uh, Sorry, Vera says that Elliot's power is beautiful and that he's special. Um, Elliot says that he doesn't want to be alone anymore. And Vera says he's not alone and that he sees him now. As he says that, Krista puts a knife in his back. And that is the end of episode seven. Mm. Nathan, thoughts? Um, So a couple of notes as well. The knife that Chris stabs Vera with was the one that he was threatening Elliot with with, in the beginning. 
So that knife, yeah, the knife that kills Vera is the knife that kills Shayla, which I think is quite a nice poetic, yeah, circle closing on there. But yeah, um, just it's it's a it was not what I expected at all. But there's a lot of hints towards this being like the re well, not even the reason for Mister Robot being around, but like well, it is the reason for Mister Robot being around. It's the, it's the trauma that caused Elliot to kind of be on this path where he's created Mister Robot in his head. Um. Uh, Rami Malek's acting at the reveal is fucking heartbreaking as well. Just when he's just like completely breaking down, crying from like being told what his dad did. But that that whole, well, it's like two minutes of him just reacting to it. And it's fucking incredible. He's like he's such an incredible actor. But um, yeah, the the whole episode, the framing of the whole episode, the small drip feed. Of, of it all really like leading to the reveal like it's it's not just kind of a thrown in there shock thing like it's been planned and it's it makes sense like a lot of stuff about Elliot starts to make sense um I'll get I'll, I've got a list of foreshadowing but I'll get into that after I get your opinion on it um all right my opinion so this episode this episode was a lot and i can only agree that rami malik is just probably one of the most incredible actors i've ever seen mm. um no there's no probably about it he is he absolutely is one of he may be no i won't go as far as saying he's the best i've got you know the viola davises of the world won't, won't let me do that but he is up there um as you were talking just now i googled the awards that he's received as an actor mm. majority of the ones that came up were for his role in uh, bohemian rhapsody but he did win um an emmy for mr robot as well mr. as a quick choice yeah. television award as well both in 2016 which which would have been for this season and too fucking right he absolutely deserved an Emmy for just this episode alone. So I don't even he... know what's coming up in episodes 10 to mm. 13, but wow. Just, just wow. So just to say, uh, 2016 was season two. Oh shit, was it? Yeah, he didn't win for this season. <gasps> oh no, he did. What? Sorry, yeah. No, sorry, that's Mr. That's Bohemian Rhapsody I'm looking at. Um, he didn't win for this season. He was nominated uh, in 2020 for it, but he didn't win it. I don't know who He won didn't it. win it. Look at that. Who did win? That doesn't sound right. Hang on. Let me look at the full list. Yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to find out as well. I've, I've clicked like a list of, of it, but I can't figure out who. What am I looking at? That's, that's Golden Globe. So even the Golden Globe. He was nominated for, yeah, he won the Emmy in 2016, but I think that's the only time he was actually nominated for the Emmy for playing Elliot. That's ridiculous. Mm. Wait, so when did when did season four air? Season four ended aired in 2019. Okay. Yeah, he absolutely should have got something for this. Mm. It, it's, it's fucking criminal that he didn't. Honestly, like it's absolute criminal that he didn't, because 
because honestly i'd argue that he not that he wasn't great in the other seasons don't get me wrong but i would argue that the acting here was even above that above what he's done in the you know in previous seasons yeah it's uh i think like his like he's he's obviously one of these people that really face acts right Mm. and like you can you can see everything you're supposed to see on his face as if he were a real person which is all point right very expressive like incredibly incredibly expressive expressive. but without being over the top you know sometimes with expressive actors you're like all right calm down with the drama sometimes i get i mean i get that i won't won't say everyone else does but i get that but he really sold every single bit of that reveal to the point where i was crying and i was just like this is nuts like in this episode and in 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 eight as well Hmm, it's insane um season four did not get nominated for any awards which is criminal not for any any emmys anyway um they won one award for uh like an advertising campaign basically a arg alternate reality game um but that was it that was the only emmy they were nominated for and won in it would have been 2020 because the season ended in 2019 and it's absolutely criminal, mm. but it's also very interesting that this season ended right before the fucking world ended. But <laughs> yeah. that's interesting. Um, yeah. So my thoughts on episode seven were that um, Rami Malek is a genius, and um, there, I won't say that I saw this coming. If I'm being all the way honest, obviously mm. I know that Mr. Robot would have been created out of trauma. That's how it works. But I. I would have I assumed that the trauma was that his mum was awful and his dad died. Yeah. Being the parent that the only parent that seemed to give a shit about him died mm. of cancer. Because you seem to think like they have something of a good relationship. Like as as a family unit, him and his dad. Like he even says like, Oh, why, why my dad hurt me? He was my closest friend. It's why the person who's meant to protect him is the image of his dad. Yeah, you know, like it's it's incredibly well done, and it just kind of it adds so many layers to everything because you start to then think about things that were happening earlier on in the show. Like, so I'll I'll, I'll go through this list of foreshadowing I've got. Um, so okay. see, the first obvious one is that in the fir- very first scene of the show, he exposes a paedophile. Oh my god! Yes, he does. Um, and also that Fred guy from the first episode of the season who he had, like, the video of him chatting to a minor. Um, and it very pointedly says, like, he deserved what happened to him, which is very dark of in it. But given what he did, it kind of makes a bit sense why he said that initially. Um, his no-touch rule. Now, I had to look into this one because we spoke about him not wanting people to touch him. Yeah. And we said it was a bit weird because he lets people. I think it only applies to men. Yeah, Taylor, Darlene, Angela, Krista, they he doesn't flinch with them, but when men touch him, he flinches. I think he does it when Gideon does it, he does it when oh, is it Oscar is um Angela's boyfriend. Um it yeah, happens Angela's a few boy- times. yeah, he never he always used to like kind yeah. of flinch away. Yeah. Because that's like the first episode when it gets it gets Oliver, brought up in the first episode, doesn't it? Oliver, that's it, yeah. It gets brought up in the very first episode anyway. 
and I think then when it was mentioned, we said, "Oh, but why does Shay? Why Shayla?" And it makes sense. Like, uh, is it what his dad did? He kind of gets intimidated. Not intimidated, but that brings things up. Mm-hmm. Um, one intro, like I had to look through because I knew some of the foreshadowing, and I found other little snippets people have seen. So one was, do you remember in season one when they have a flashback of he that customer his dad comes in and says, "Oh, your son, your son stole twenty dollars off me," and he's like, "Well, no, he didn't," and then it's revealed that he did, and instead of getting punished, he gets rewarded to go see the film. I think partially it's his dad trying to kind of make up for it a little bit or being worried and letting Elliot get away with it. Mm-hmm. Um, when we had the reveal of them at his dad's grave at the end of season one, Mr. Robot says something like, if you tell anyone about me, they'll take me away from you, which kind of pointedly sounds like the kind of threat Elliot's dad possibly made. Oh my God. Yeah. 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 Um, also, the beginning of season two, Elliot's like the young Elliot's in the hospital after after the window incident, and you kind of have like the amount of worry Elliot's dad had kind of takes on a bit more of a sinister thing if you rewatch it now, because you think, oh, he's worried about him getting found out. Oh, but like, he's worried about that kind of thing coming up. Um, a lot of re- references to Lolita, which obviously is a I don't know if you've read that. I know yeah. vaguely yeah. about it. Um, the conversation at the cinema with young Elliot and his dad when his dad collapses where he's like his dad's trying to apologise to him and he doesn't accept it and he's like says like oh you're just sick and don't want to admit it yes yeah he does apologise about um, yeah 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 yeah. but we're not we think it's because he's like been harsh with him or whatever Mm. and not there's, there's, there's all sorts of like it's not huge glaring hints but there's little kind of stuff kind of put around in there yeah um, but yeah it's, it's it's just it's an incredible reveal that doesn't kind of feel shoehorned if that makes sense because I because I think part of my worry when they reveals like there's like another personality of Elliot in which hasn't been mentioned since it happened like, since they spoke about it no um but that's one of those twists that you think oh this could be a bit shoehorned in for something like this this feels like it's been built up to like you don't even realize it's been built up to but you go back through if you look for the plot holes you can't really find anything like it makes sense but it's it's because they they plan the whole thing out like this is why you always have to plan your ending for a show before you start because i mean i think when they started season one um the guy who writes it i think said he had up until season five plotted out so like he like he had a plan in in motion which i think is great to always have things planned out like that i think that's got to be the only way to do it surely because yeah that allows you the freedom to tie in stories really nicely when you're writing you know exactly Um, it's it's i i've always hated that thing where things just kind of like details kind of happen because the writers written themselves into like a corner mm -hmm. you know like how i met your mother did that a little bit they set a lot of stuff up for future stuff they they didn't have they didn't have stuff planned out properly yeah 
Well, they had stuff planned out. I think they had the ending planned out, but then they added so much in the middle that the end, the, the ending they had planned out just made no sense anymore, or it just wasn't the right ending. Like they kind of they they went very far That's into cool. saying, yeah, they felt they went very far into saying like, I will their artistic their artistic integrity. I'll, I'll call it like they they had a vision, they stuck to that vision without thinking. Everything we've done since then, what the fans have enjoyed, is this the right thing to do or can we change it up a bit? Because have you ever seen the um, alternative ending for uh, How I Met Another Way? There was one. So it's exactly the same, but they don't have the bit at the end. They have it literally end on the meeting. And it's so much better. As As much of a mess as that final episode is, which for nine seasons, to have all that happen in your final episodes, be not not plan anything out, just go, okay, uh, we've written ourselves into a wall, we need to end the show in the very final episode. Like a show that's like credited itself to keeping continuity so well. It seemed like a bit of a waste of time just to kind of throw it out the window in the last episode. But the, the alternative ending, they released it. It's literally, they have the meeting, they have that conversation, and then he goes, that's how I met your mother. And then it ends. So you don't have the bit with the going to Robin? No, you don't have the Robin stuff at all. Which is a way better, like way better, because it didn't feel, it didn't feel right, like at all. It made no sense. Like they tried to make it make sense, but they, I think the show went on too long for it to make sense. Like, if it had happened in, like, the early seasons, like, they had ended it, like, five seasons in, I could believe it a bit more. Mm. But, yeah, they, it, yeah. Anyway, this, is, this isn't bad, maybe, anyway, but that was my <laughs> best example I could think of of people writing themselves into a corner. Yeah. Well, I'm glad they didn't do that with Mr. Robot. It was seamless. Mm. It was great. Um, yeah, the reveal was the reveal. Mm. But, um, yeah. Ready for episode eight? Yes. All right. So it's the last one we're going to talk about today. So episode eight, we flash back to a young Elliot running around some building talking to a personality that we can't see. I'm assuming it's Mr. Robot. And it turns out that he's playing hide and seek with Angela, but he hid something in the wall while playing. Present day, Krista is freaking out about killing Vera as Elliot stares very calmly. Uh, Vera's phone is ringing and Krista looks out the window to see Peanuts and Harvey are the ones trying to call from outside. Elliot is staring at a young him and Krista tries to get his attention. Outside, Peanuts needs a wee but won't use an Arby's toilet because she doesn't want to get hep C in her ass. (laughs) They go back inside to find a dead Vera and a window to a fire escape that's open. Elliot and Krista are headed to a taxi and Krista tells the driver to take him to the to take them sorry to the nearest police station as a video of Tyrell Wellick wishing everyone a happy holiday season from the E Corp family plays on the screen. Side note, I don't I don't know if it's because we know that Tyrell's dead, but that looked really haunting. When mm. they cut to that screen and showed him speaking, he looked dead in the video. It was weird. It felt artificial. I think that's part of it because obviously it was him being the face of the company when he wanted to feel like he was really doing something. 
but he was essentially having to take credit for work that he wasn't doing. If that makes like that, that was basically what he was told by Price anyway. Yeah, he's like CTO in name only. Um, also, the the maddest thing about it is because like, I keep forgetting about the time frame of this. I mean, he's literally died a day ago. Yep, at this point, the night before, if if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Yeah, because it's Christmas Day still. It's Christmas Day now. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, because the meeting's for Christmas Day. Yeah, so it's Christmas Day now. Yeah. Christmas Day. So at Dom's house, the family is all round and a little kid swears. So lol. Um, as he's sent into a room to think about what he's done, some guys in ski masks run in and tie everyone up. Back at Angela's, Janice is trying to get the information that she needs and says that Dom disappointed her. Dom asks if it's because she's not a murderer and Janice laughs and says that she works for the federal government of the United States. Is she trying to be funny? Which, not going to lie, lolled quite a bit. Um, Janice says that she's talking about how much affection that she has for Darlene and how she masturbates to her interrogation videos. She then apologises, asking if Darlene didn't know about that and pulls out some torture tools nonchalantly as she questions them on what happened between the two of them. I quite like, there was a bit when they start this scene where Janice was talking about, I can't remember exactly what it was, but she it was essentially a conspiracy theory and she said, oh, it's, yeah, I, I heard, like, she said it like it was true because she heard it in a, in a podcast. And I oh, could yeah. definitely see her being a Joe Rogan fan. <laughs> Oh, I, oh my god, she absolutely is like Joe Rogan. Absolutely. She 100%. is off her trolley mm-hmm. in so many ways. And brilliant still. I am mm. still a fan. Mm. Um, so yeah, so Darlene just says, look, it was just sex and calls Janice a cunt stick, which I enjoyed using that from now on, and says that she'll never give up her brother. So she might as well do whatever she's about to do fast. So Janice says, fine, and stabs Dom in the lung. Janice says Darlene can either tell her what she wants to know and they'll get Dom some much needed medical attention or Dom can die and she can get the info another way. Outside the police station, Elliot asks what people do when they find out something like this and Krista says find a way to keep going. Elliot says that he should have fought him, should have done more and Krista says that he was just a child and it wasn't up to him. Elliot says that he wants to go back to forgetting, but Krista says he never did forget. He's been carrying it around with him and just didn't realise it. She says he'll survive this and that she'll call him tomorrow. Elliot says he's sorry and that she doesn't have to see him again, but Krista says that she'd like to see him and that he shouldn't have to go through this alone. They hug and Krista asks him to promise her that he'll take care of himself before she goes into the station. Elliot spots a young him. Uh, across the way and goes to the subway asking him where they're going. Back at Angela's, Janice talks about how uh, good of a mole Dom is and that she doesn't want to lose her. This is while Dom is struggling to breathe on the floor and Dom tells Darlene not to tell Janice anything in between her gasps. Uh, So Janice talks about Dom's mum being sweet and kind and how uh, when she was younger, talking about herself, Janice, uh, she was tested for a variety of mental illnesses when she was younger as her parents were worried about her profound interest in taxidermy. She said the test showed that she was remarkably normal before she gets her phone up and threatens to kill a family member one by one. 
So, you know, it was just, I loved that contrast. So she said, oh, I'm perfectly normal. So I'm going to kill everyone in your family. It was just a bit like, for fuck's sake, I love this character. Honestly, like this show does well-written psychopaths. Like it's believable. Like, but not that kind of like, you, you know, the kind of badly written psychopath you might see in like certain shows. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's the, like, it's really well-written and believable kind of people. Like as cartoonish as they can be, sometimes like some of Janice's stuff is played with humour, but it's entirely believable that she really works. This fucking crazy, and it creates this incredible contrast of how calm Mm. and nonchalant and like jokey she is with Mm. the people that she's threatening, fucking freaking out because you know rightly so. (laughs) So in this particular scene, she's so nonchalant, and Dom is like begging while trying to gasp for air because she'd just been stabbed in the lung. Right? It's Mm. so wild um oh important thing i forgot to say she still has the knife in her lung because if you take it out she's 100 yeah. gonna die that is important you must know that that is important okay so yeah so dom's begging in between these breaths and darlene stops janice and says look fine i'll give you elliot's location um back to elliot and young elliot young elliot is guiding elliot to the building that we saw in the flashback at the start of the episode Um, where Elliot finds a key to his bedroom that he hid to keep his dad from hurting him. Young Elliot makes Elliot realise that he didn't run away or fail to protect him. He was fighting back. A dark army guy arrives at Christa's, where Elliot's phone is, but obviously Elliot's no longer there, and Janice thinks that Darlene is lying about where Elliot could be Sorry, without his phone. Um, Dom is trying to convince Janice that Darlene isn't lying. She knows what she looks like when she's lying. And Janice threatens again to kill Dom's mum if Darlene doesn't tell her where Elliot is. So she uh, she's calling one of her people that have uh, the family tied up. And, you know, she's ringing. There's no answer. So she kind of hangs up, rings again. Then we cut to a ringing phone with a whole bunch of blood on it. Cut back to Janice. And Dom says, what? No answer? Your men, they're not answering? Janice wants to know why she's asking, and Dom says, ask him. Tells Janice to text uh, to check her phone, sorry. And as Janice picks up Dom's phone, she has 14 missed calls from somebody called Lucky Irish Bastard. Janice calls back, and it's Deegan, um, who we were introduced to briefly before. And uh, Deegan thinks that it's just Dom ringing and says, that's eh, fine, I've saved your family, we're headed to a safe house. Um, as he does that, Janice obviously is like, what the fuck are you talking about? He realises it's not uh, Dom and that it's he's like, you're the dark army bitch or whatever he calls her. And in an incredible move, Dom pulls the knife out of her lung, stabs one of Janice's men in the leg, grabs his gun, shoots both men and Janice in the head from the ground. And at this point, she's now obviously dying she's bleeding out and she calls the fbi and tells darlene to go um, as darlene is there trying to stop the bleeding darlene is like no no no, i'm not going anywhere dom says if she wants to help her she needs to find elliot and take the dark army down the camera pans to a very dead janice as darlene leaves and it was just an amazing ending for dom there i mean oh yeah oh my god that was epic. I, I cheered and then rewatched that bit. <laughs> I actually cheered as if I was watching like 
<laughs> some fucking game or something. Oh. oh, it was so good. Like, it was just so good. I loved it. I, lo- I love moments like that in a show where, like, it just feels like it's just, like, triumph out oh. of nowhere. Like, I just, I fucking love that bit. Especially, like, how badass you're pulling, them, like, the knife, anything keeping her alive out of her own chest to stab this dude is, like crazy she was, she was there watching his feet like waiting for him to get close enough to f- figure out like would she be able to do it and to take that risk knowing that as soon as you pull that knife out you're gone mm. and to still make headshots from the i mean oh my god and like i know it's fictional but fuck she's badass i love her i love her that was an amazing ending um we didn't get confirmation but i'm pretty sure she is dead she is 100 percent dead as is everyone else in that room except for darlene who's now made it out thanks to her so we cut to all safe and uh, Mr. Robot pops up and says, hey, kiddo, to Elliot. Elliot's just, you know, staring at his computer screen, talking over the plan for tonight. And Mr. Robot wants to talk about what happened. Want to talk about it? Mind if I talk, man? The only reason I'm here is to make sure no one ever hurts you. That was supposed to be your father's job, but he failed. He was too weak. But you, you were strong. You fought back the only way you could. You brought me here to protect you from him. I tried to keep you safe. Only show you the memories when the two of you were friends before You'd never have to see it or feel it. Fact is, I didn't want to see it either. I made a terrible mistake. I was afraid. Afraid of what this would do to you, to us. This was never my secret to keep. You deserve better than to live in darkness for so long. Mr. Robot is sorry for keeping things from Elliot and wants Elliot to know that he is not his father. Elliot says he knows that and that that's why he created him. He was the father that he needed and not the father that he had. 
Mr. Elliot says that he wishes he had stopped his father. And Elliot says that, well, if he had, he wouldn't be him and he wouldn't have Mr. Robot. Elliot cries and says that he can't do the hack. He's sorry as Mr. Robot comforts him. And that is how episode eight ends. So Nathan, thoughts? It's, I, I, it's just, you know, it's the same thing I say every time. Like it's just getting like hundred percent better and better each, each time. Like the building on from the reveals from the previous episode, like the, the reveal about that key in the wall, the reveal that we, we have this nice little moment where like, we've not seen the younger Elliot really talking to himself before. Um, so like the assumption is that this is before they like his dad has passed away, but you kind of see like the manifest the early manifestation of Mr. Robot there, where he's just talking to himself and just kind of being led to put that key there. That's that's like a, a an older version of Mr. Robot protecting him, you know, like in whatever way he can as a kid. Um, it's just it's just amazing and all the scenes with Dom and Darlene it just feels so hopeless and then you get like Dom's amazing triple kill out of nowhere uh the reveal of like the like the Deegan stuff because obviously that's been building up slightly over like very subtly uh in the background like him being like able to help her out and everything like I, I like that's they kind of had like a very small character would be like quite a key person uh, behind that and then just that final conversation with Mr. Robot and Elliot it's just beautiful like it's just the closure on what Elliot's gone through like the trauma he's gone through um, it's just it's just amazing just, that's all I can say it's just amazing and I, I like that Krista and Elliot had that kind of closure at the beginning as well because obviously when they saw each other the, like one of the previous episodes it was quite cold she was freaked out and now that she's helped him have this breakthrough she sees that he's he needs help like he she sees that he let's just sees that he needs like to say like she sees that he needs help now basically so i'd say she sees out. that she that he needs her help mm, more than yeah anything. yeah um and she went from what she'd said before about being scared of him mm. to really just wanting to kind mm. of cuddle him and make him better and yeah just look after him which i thought was so cute i loved that scene between the two of them it was absolutely adorable yeah. and to see that much care come from her not to say that she'd never cared before but to really see that come from her um mm. at a time when elliot really needed it was just beautiful to watch and it was yeah. really, really touching and obviously this is something that's probably weighed heavy on her in all her sessions as well she's got this information here and it's like what when do we discuss this can i discuss this with him and being forced to say it that's kind of the elephant in the room that's gone now she can help him heal yeah and and i love that obviously she would have figured out what happened it was in her notes wasn't it that's that's what well, he started going through it wasn't flatly written out because otherwise vera would have seen it yeah kind of just was... said it but it was alluded to and i think in her mm. mind she knew that that's where you know she's a professional so she knew that that's what must have happened but she never pushed it with elliot because i think even she knew that he wasn't ready to deal with that so yeah. um yeah the fact that she's kind of pushed him and pushed him and then got that confirmation that her thoughts or her suspicions were accurate and seeing how he's reacted to that seeing how that's affected him 
seeing everything that he's going through, especially because it was pulled out of him because of Vera and all the shit that she's mm. gone through with Vera herself. I think that kind of all adds to the fact that, or all adds to the, you know, the result of her being so concerned for him and so just wanting to make sure everything's all right and being going from, I don't want to deal with this to, I'm going to call you because I, I want to help you. Mm. Um, yeah, it was beautiful. Loved it that we had that scene, that closure between the two of them was beautiful. Um, again, very well shot episode, um, lots of great acting in there, lots of touching moments, um, very, very touching scene with Mr. Robot and Elliot at the end, just really, really nice. Um, love that Mr. Robot was like really wanting to make a point of saying, I'm not like, I'm not him. I'm not your dad. Like, I know I look like I'm, but I'm not your dad kind of thing. Um, and him kind of explaining, like, I didn't, I didn't really write it all down, but him explaining, you know, why he was hiding things from Elliot that would harm him and how even he didn't want to face it. He didn't want to look at that. He didn't want him to have those memories. Um, yeah, just really sweet. Really, really nice. Um, mm. Again, Dom is a fucking badass. She has my favourite exit out of anyone on this show. Um yeah she did fantastic she did great and the scenes like you say with, with her and darlene were really really lovely and there was love there and i absolutely believe darlene that it was more than just her using dom and i'm so glad because dom was clearly in love with darlene so it was nice to see that darlene actually did feel something for her yeah um and it was nice for dom to see before she died so yeah the only thing i i had a question about was why would deegan help her like what reason? What motivation? Oh, um, he says it in the phone call um, to when Janice. he's talking to Janice. He says she got him off of a tech on a technicality. So Dom basically ah. is the reason he didn't go to prison. So he's doing her a favor. Got you. All right, that will make sense now. Then cool. Um, so yeah, that's um, that's up to episode eight. So next, not next week, sorry, in two weeks' time. Uh, for those of you listening. We're going to talk about the final five episodes of season four of Mr. Robot, which is the final season of the show. So we'll go from episode nine to 13. Um, I've already watched nine because um, normally I'm the one that hasn't seen any of the show and Nathan has and he's just rewatching it for the sake of this. But I have seen nine. Nine is crazy. Can't wait mm. to talk about it. Uh, and obviously I can't wait to see what, what unfolds after that and to talk about it on the podcast. But for now, Nathan, is there anything that you would like to promote to the listeners? Uh, just the same as normal, my Instagram, my Twitter. So my Instagram is nayfunk, N-A-Y-F-U-N-K, uh, mainly for like my design stuff. And my Twitter is nathersjones, N-A-T-H-E-R-S-J-O-N-E-S, uh, mainly just all shit posting. Wait. Um, and occasionally, no, it's mainly just all shit posting. <laughs> Usually, uh, I have a smart thought on there, but you know, mostly it's the shit posting. It's the shit posting. You know, that and pictures of cats. Like my favorite Twitter account right now is there's no cat in this picture. It's like it's like my and it's like a version of Wordle, kind of. We just had to try and find a picture of the like the cat that's in the picture. Very well hidden cat. I have never heard of this, but I'm going to give it it's a, a great. It's a great Twitter account. It's literally, <laughs> they literally will tweet like a photo and like the account is just literally, there's no, there's no cat in this picture. It's a picture of just a, like, it's just a photo. And somewhere in there, there's a cat. That's it. That's the whole gist behind this. 
sounds simple and <laughs> give it a whirl um so all of nathan's details will be in the description as well as always so for me it's the same at linda rishapoopy on twitter if you want to see my shit posts follow at pod of mercy on twitter and instagram and please if you have a second after this please go on to itunes and rate us five stars helps other people find us and if you like it go and listen to other episodes we've got whole different types of episodes we've got this where we've been talking about mr robot but do also have um random shit from serious topics to fun stuff and uh even a pot of mercy games episode the games are coming back soon by the way i have some interesting stuff in the works so yeah give us a good rating please like share subscribe all of that whatever stuff that people say on podcasts and youtube and that and i'll see you in two weeks bye